the Elisa Lucci Show. Welcome to my living room in New York City. It's episode 34, baby. Today we're talking about the end of fur coats. I think it's coming to an end. Furs, remember, a symbol of wealth and glamour and diamantes. It's, I think it's all done. Hot sauce, situationships. Yeah, you know, all that kind of stuff. So relax, talk to me. Fact of the day. You are what you eat. Do you know why flamingos are pink? Yeah, me neither. Okay, well, I read this. The bright pink color of flamingos, it comes from all the beta carotene they eat. It's a red-orange pigment, and it's found in the shrimp that they eat, the algae, and the larva. I actually feel that that's, like, a little crazy, no? The reason why flamingos are pink is because they eat a lot of algae, larva, and shrimp. Like, if we ate a lot of algae, larva, and shrimp, does that mean we'd be pink, too? I don't know. Maybe they have translucent skin and the pink just comes through. But regardless, that's a fact. Do you know what else is a fact? Do you know what a group of flamingos is called? It's called a flamboyance. Is that not hilarious? That wasn't on my fact list, but I thought I'd just add it in. So how you doing? How are you? God. Everything is just, you know, still crazy. Still crazy. I seem, I seem not to be able to adjust this year for whatever reason. I think there's been so much shit around in 2020. Oh, 2020 is the worst. This is miserable. Can't wait till the new year. Now the new year's here and it's like, uh, anyway, you know what I bought that I'm loving? A laminator. Do you have a laminator? No, I, I and I'm not a teacher because I feel like that's such a teacher thing. Like to get like crazy. I bought a laminator. No, I just, I don't know. I, I, I had this sick obsession to have a laminating machine. Well, actually, it started with I needed to get something laminated at Staples, right? It went to Staples. They wanted $3.95 for a laminating thing. And I'm like, $3.95? What are you kidding me? How much could a laminating machine thing? But I didn't know. I thought maybe it was one of those giant industrial printers. I had no idea what I was getting myself into. So, of course, I Amazoned it like I do with the rest of my life. And there I am, dead in the middle of Staples. And I see a la laminator. Swing line laminator. It's like 28 bucks. And I thought, that's it, sold. Forget this nonsense, three ninety five business, because now I'm going on a laminating spree when I get home. So laminator comes. It is the best thing I have ever bought. Do you have one of these? I, I really feel like I'm new to the party here. Let me tell you all of the things that I plan on laminating or I have laminated. So first of all, my kids, they make such adorable drawings as kids do they write little books they do the honestly just like the cutest things and usually I take them and I shove them in a folder but I was looking in the folders recently and you know the, the edges were curled and it was all gross so I'm just decided that's it I'm laminating them so that's what I'm using the laminator for I should say that was my initial use then I start looking up what else I could laminate things with and I'm just like what else I could laminate laminate around my house <laughs> Can I laminate my mother? Like, I have no idea. So then I started these adorable ideas. Of course, I'm, now, now I'm in the weeds of Pinterest. Laminating recipe cards. Like, I didn't get them when I got married. I think my sister did. But, like, when you got married, some, some people did a, for your bridal shower. Like, they gave you recipe cards. Laminate the recipe cards. Um, another adorable thing I saw, you can take little small pictures laminate them and then stick little um sticky magnets on the back so you have like cute adorable fridge magnets of pictures of your kids or whoever you can laminate a picture punch a hole in it make a little christmas ornament oh my god I, honestly the, the oh i saw another cute thing 
a woman, she, she laminated baby pictures and, and letters that she wrote to her baby when, when her baby was young. She punched uh, holes in it and then she put it in a three ring binder and she made like, made like a homemade baby book. Oh my God. I thought that was adorable. But aside from kid projects, there's actually other uses like emergency checklist laminating, you know, if you're anal, you could print a calendar and then you could wipe it off, get a white marker. Oh my God. I thought this was just like the greatest thing. I'm literally down a rabbit hole. But there is a woman who has a website, and, and I printed out some printables, you know, to laminate, and it's called, hold on, let me see what it is. It's, um, I wrote down, 30handmadedays.com, 30, spelled out, T-H-R-T-Y, handmadedays.com. If you go to her website, it's forward 30handmadedays.com forward slash printables. She has all these things you could print out, chore charts, emergency checklists, printable calendars. Usually you have to like jump through a lot of hoops sometimes to get to people's printable things, but not this one. It was right there and it was good. And I am over the moon. And you know what? It reminded me, I knew the laminator was going to bring me joy. Let me tell you why. Because, because a bunch of years ago, I asked for, for a label maker for Christmas. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like a real nut job. And I got it. And it was so good. It was the Dymo. D-Y-M-O, Dymo Label Maker. And it literally is one of those port portable label makers, like a P-Touch gun, you know? Oh, my God. You should have seen when I got this thing. I was an absolute maniac in the house. I was a domestic maniac. I was... I was I was marvelous, Mrs. Maniac. Is what I, I, I was walking all around the house, P-Touch gun and label it. So in my my my, uh, my linen closet, I have a shelf that says bath, bath uh, towels, hand towels. I've got another one that says... Um, Face cloths. I got um. I I I have refills. I have a refill section, a soap section. I mean, it's nuts. If you cut, if you cut, like my friends are like, what? You don't. You have bath towels in the the, the washcloth section, Elise. And I'm like, I know. Inventory is nuts. Inventory is a mess. At, at, at Shay Elise, I need to I need to clean this shit up. But it brings me joy. It brings me. I also when I got my label maker, I was making photo albums. You know, I loved the I loved the old photo albums. I don't get them so much anymore because they really are hard to find and it, it's like a pain in the ass but I love the old photo albums with the sticky you know the hard cover and the sticky page and you put the pictures in and then you put the plastic over you know well I was I made a lot of those and um and then in, on the spine I would use my label maker and make the label like I'd put like you know 2009 you know people come over they're like oh look it's anal Annie again like look at this place but you know what I, I, I don't care I love it it makes my life easier and isn't that what everything's about, you know? So how are you? What what have you been doing this week? Because I I I'm just I'm I'm working. I'm I'm just, you know, school obviously Christmas break is over. I'm yeah, obviously my kids school, I think I told you was closed last week. Now it's back open, so it's a new schedule and my daughter, she's so cute. She wanted. She told me she wanted to play the violin and I was like, "Oh, that's sweet. That's so fancy of you, Dollface. Sure, we could I could try to find a violin at Target for you. <laughs> I don't know what first thing about that. But um, I would actually love for her to play piano, but, you know, I don't have a space big enough. I have a keyboard, but, you know, whatever. She doesn't want that. So the violin. So I get the violin, and so that that's, like, super exciting. Although I know my neighbors are going to kick me out the second that this child starts, you know, wailing on the violin. I mean, I, whatever. But that that's an exciting thing. But, you know, it's funny because the, the violin classes are virtual. So it's like... God, 
that's going to be fun. That's more work for the parent. It's not like you drop your kid off at, at the after school activity, the extracurricular activity, and then, and then let them have at it. You pick them up in an hour from dancing school, and they're all exhausted wanting, you know, a bowl of mac and cheese, and then they're in bed. No. Is violin lessons at home? It's like it's going to be hands-on, you know, really hands-on. Anyway, I was reading the newspaper this weekend. Um, this is a little depressing stat, but I feel like it's just a crazy stat. Do you know how many jobs were lost in 2020? Can you guess? Take a guess. 9.4 million. 9.4 million jobs were lost in 2020. And 140,000 positions were cut in December alone in the United States. 140,000 jobs were cut in December alone. Honestly, that that's terrible. That is terrible. I feel that we all, and 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 by the way, the cover, I keep the most important part, the, the the headline cover, the headline of the story was it was the worst year for jobs since World War II. World War II, on my last podcast, I was talking about the rent in Manhattan. Lower the damn rent. Nobody's working. Nobody's making any money. These greedy landlords, I can't. I, I, I can't even believe it. I just, I, you know, I, honestly, honestly. Anyway, what are you thinking about fur coats? Are you into fur? Okay, so this is like not PC. And you know, I probably shouldn't even say this because you know, like everybody always just gets crazy. I like, I like fur. I like the look of fur. Let me clarify. I like the look of fur. Ignore that. That was my charger plugging in. Um, I love the look of fur. I don't know. I just like furry things. I like fuzzy blankets. I like big fuzzy pillows. I like puffy things. I like my frizzy hair. I like furry coats. They make me feel warm. The the fur trade, though, is obviously horrific. But in the newspaper around the holidays, I read this article. As you know, this is clearly what I do when my kids are not here. I like to just read and relax and have a, have a few teenies. A few dirty, dirty teenies. The, the article is this the end of the mink coat? And it really made me think. I have a couple of fur coats, real fur coats that I got hand me downs from my grandmother. She didn't want them, and um, you know, and I don't know. I mean, like they were such a thing in her day. You know, such a thing to have to have the fur coat. You know, it was so such a glamorous thing. So what, I'm not going to throw them out. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I mean, yes. Do I realize I probably have an 80 year old raccoon hanging in my 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 closet? Yes. Or whatever, but, and I mean, some of those furs, I mean, and then how about in the 80s? Remember those coyotes, women wearing coyote fur and all kinds of crazy shit? But anyway, in the 60s, the mink coat, that was the height of, of luxury and elegance, you know? Really. I mean, if you watch any of the old movies, which I love, any of those old movies, you know, I think even Gypsy which I love, about burlesque, vaudeville and burlesque, with Gypsy Rose Lee and Mama Rose, and I like the Bette Midler version. There people, there's two big versions. I like the Bette Midler version, which is the later one. But you see Mama Rose, you know, she was a hard-working, tough old broad with not a lot of money, and she had a kids in vaudeville, and then the one kid became Gypsy, the stripping star. This is the movie that I watched my whole childhood. No, I didn't watch Zoobly Zoo or other movies like, I don't know, My Little Pony. No, I, my mother let me watch Gypsy, a movie about burlesque dancers, and then I wonder why I have an obsession with nipple tassels and silk kimonos. I mean, really? I don't really have an obsession with nipple tassels. I wish I did. I could not even wear them. I mean, like, what? really? I'm too embarrassed. Anyway. But Mama Rose, back to Mama Rose. Mama Rose, she she would she busted out on the scene with a fur coat and a matching fur hat, and she, this broad she didn't even have any money. But that was just the that was the height, that was the thing. All the stuff, 
Judy Garland, Betty Davis, Barbara. Oh, Barbara, Barbara. I mean, even, even, even like J-Lo and those, and those girls, you know, like, I mean, not, not, obviously not them. They were what, three then or whatever, but those girls, they still wear the furs. But let me say something. In 1980, in 1980, I read a mink coat, a mink coat could typically cost, can you guess? I actually, I, I, I couldn't guess. I, I said in 1980, I thought a mink coat 19, I mean, I don't know. I thought like $3,000, $4,000, which is a ton of money. In 19, in the eighties, a mink coat typically costs 8,000 to 50,000. But wait, wait for this. And this is from the newspaper. This isn't like my own research. It's from the, the, the New York Times article. It can go up to $400,000. $400,000 in the 1980s bought you an all-belly black Russian mink. That's right. Soft, and it was probably a female. I know, I know, I do know about this, but I, and it's, ter- it's terrible. The female animals went for more than the males because the male fur was a little bit more rough. But it's disgusting if you really think about it. I mean, you know, look, chinchillas, I mean, that fur is so soft, right? But, like, they're cute. Chinchillas are cute little things, you know? But anyway, I had no idea about this. I had no idea that that Macy's and Bloomingdale's, they're currently, so if you're interested, now's your time, but, you know, I'm not, that Macy's and Bloomingdale's, they're currently selling off their last fur coats, and then they're going to close their fur salons. You remember the Macy's fur salon? That was like a thing. I remember growing up and being in the mall, and I remember being in the fancy part of Macy's or whatever, and I they had the maroon carpeting, maroon, like a Berber low low, low carpeting, like a basement kind of carpeting. And then they had these big glass glass panels, and they sort of were trimmed in like a gold metal thing. And inside this this glass menagerie was, was fur coats on mannequins, so glamorous. And that was the Macy's first salon. But anyway... Who knew they're closing down? And and I and I must have missed the news. I don't know if you did, but but last year in 2009, well, two years ago, I should say now, in 2019, California passed a ban on the sale of new fur products, which is starting in 2023. So if you're in California and it's January 2023, you're not buying any fur, you can't find it. And and I also didn't know not only, and this is out everybody, not only California, the brands. Burberry, Coach, Chanel, Armani, Ralph Lauren, Versace. There's more, I think. They've all banned banned the use of real fur. I mean, I, I don't know. There's still there are still furs around. You could go go look on any of the high end websites. Saks, Bergdorf's. I mean, if you type in fur, I would ex- um, advise you not to Google image it as I did, and I almost died because they show the most horrifically sad pictures, but of little animals and the traps and everything. But the thing is, is that People that I know that love fur coats, like I have some, you know, fancy girls, fancy lady friends, and they love their fur coats, and they, they have they have mink stoles, and whether they were hand-me-downs or whatever, they love them. But they they have said it's completely it's it's passe. They still wear it, they still love it, but they get looks. They and you know what? Yes. So here's the thing: where I live on the Upper East Side, in the dead of winter, the dead, dead, cold, cold of winter, and this winter, in my opinion, hasn't been that cold. I'm talking like ten degree, negative ten. When it gets freaking cold, you see a lot of New York women running around in sweatpants and white, big, you know, hideous sneakers and a giant fur coat, like a real fur. Like that's just what they do. But I don't know. I, I but I haven't seen them this year, and that you know. But I don't know if it's really going to be that different. Let's be serious. 
But if you're going, if you're wearing a fur coat on a night out and you're downtown, maybe in Soho or in Tribeca, maybe, or forget it, if you're in Brooklyn, you know, some of the real gentrified areas, the boroughs of New York, you are literally going to be poo-pooed. I wouldn't be surprised if somebody picked up some dog shit and threw it at your coat, threw it at your $8,000 black mink coat. But, you know, it's like, I don't know. Back in the day. The, the women, I mean, everybody had the coats. Everybody, you know, the man, it, isn't it part of the, the lyrics of like Santa Baby or would, I don't know, a coat or a fur or something? I don't remember the lyrics, but that was a beautiful gift if a man brought the woman the fur, you know? Let me tell you something. I do, will tell you what I do like. I, and they don't do this in regular jackets anymore. Do you remember the name embroidered inside the fur coat? Sometimes in the pocket or sometimes right when you opened up the coat in a lady's fur coat, they'd have the name embroidered, your name embroidered in script. I like that. I felt like that was a nice personal touch, an old school touch. But, yeah, that's a lost thing. You know, I actually didn't know this, but I, uh, I worked down in the financial district for a lot of years. And I don't work down there anymore, but I did for a lot of years. And, um... My aunt, who also uh, worked down there, but years and years ago, she told me that in the 80s, because she was working then, that they would sell fur coats in the lobbies of some of the of the um, the office buildings. So, for example, say you worked at Citibank and it's 1986, and you're going down for your lunch break around the holidays, sometimes they would have people selling fur coats just in the lobby because, you know, it was the luxury item. It was a gift thing. I, I, I had no idea. I thought that was cool. She told me that a couple of years ago. I'm just remember, remembering it now. But I don't know. I think that's all done. Fur is done. Obviously, the brands are uh, the brands are folding. There's the law passed in California. California seems to pass laws, and they wound up rolling out to the rest of the country. There's a guy who's a lawyer. Um... His name is John Rudikoff, and he actually, he um, he has a company, so he's a lawyer turned, you know, entrepreneur, as you do. Um, he, he basically takes women's old fur coats, and he restyles them into throw pillows or blankets or whatever. It's actually a cute concept. I mean, and I think that it's okay, because you're, you know, you're using, you're using the, the, the fur, you're using the fur, putting it to good use, you know, you're not killing any animals, but the business, if you want to check it out, it's called Further, cute, F-U-R-T-H-E-R, Further. So basically, he, he basically is saying he's coming in, and he's having these clients come in, they're saying, my grandma left me all these fur coats, and she has this mink, this beaver, this whatever, what do I do with it? And he's making blankets, pillows, he said one client came in, and he made them um, teddy bears out of it. So, you know, I guess, listen, if you're, if you are if you have a family heirloom, if you have something that's been passed on and you don't want to wear your, 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 you know, your mother's white fox fur coat, your mother's white silver fox coyote colored patch coat, take it to this guy. Take it to somebody. And, and then you get something useful, I guess, a blanket, less opulent. I don't know. Look, I still think, though, people are wearing fur. I don't think maybe here in New York as much, but I think if you go to some places, they are. I mean, because I think it's going to take a while to get out. I mean, I, 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 when I'm bored and don't have the kids, because that's the only time I'm bored, quite frankly, and I'm walking around in the fancy stores and I go and I, and I go get a coffee and I just take a browse. I, I see fur all over the place. I mean, that's the thing. So they really have to put the ban in. And then there'll probably be some illegal fur situation, you know? 
anyway. Are you, are, 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 we talked about this a few weeks ago, but are you, are you dating? Are you dating? Did you meet somebody during COVID? Cause, because someone said to me recently, I thought it was funny. At least it's not a relationship. It's a situationship. And I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? And she's like, no, she's like, it is. It's a situationship. Like we, we basically agreed. We agreed on certain terms. I'm horny, you're horny, I'm lonely, you're lonely, we're both negative COVID, and we're going to do the do and go on dates and keep each other entertained just for the time being. And I was like, okay then, okay then, situationships. But where are you meeting these people, thank you, I want to know. Well, my girlfriend told me that, you know, people are still, obviously they're meeting on the apps, they are meeting at, at, at outdoor places, you know, bars. If there's stand, she, one of my friends was at a bar downtown. I forget which one on Hudson Street. I want to say Whitehorse Tavern. I can't remember, but anyway, a little pub, and they have you know standing tables, and everybody stand. And she met somebody just like that. And the girl she was with too, one of her friends, they met somebody just standing up. I mean, they had the masks on the whole whole thing. But here's the thing: if you are going to have a situationship, okay, using her word, situationship. In this time, COVID times, it's like dating, but worse. It's like, it's like, like, like in the sense of, imagine what you have to say to the person. It's like, hi, how are you? Oh, what do you do? Oh, where you, where do you live? Oh, how old are you? Oh, but the whole thing. And then it's like, have you got tested? Oh, do, does anybody, are, are, do you have a COVID pod going? Is anybody infected? Are you going into the office? Are you staying home? Are you wearing your mask? Are you washing your hands a lot? Like what? I mean, it's like, like, how unsexy is that? You're trying to be sexy, but you, you have to be forced to be unsexy. But then, but then the other thing, which I had no idea what's going on. I don't know if you know about this. There's sex pods. So you know how they have the pods where it's like, you know, you're, 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 you're only around this, the people that you're around, whatever, your family or whatever. So you have your little pod of the people who you socialize with. Now, so apparently a thing is sex pods, sexual pods. So maybe you have one or two partners, Right. And so it's not even necessarily a dating situationship. It's like a sexual situationship. You have your sex pod. So you're having, you know, sex with Tom, Dick, and Harry. And, and, and Tom, Dick, and Harry has agreed to have sex with, you know, you, Jane, and Laura. And that's it. The six of you are just doing the do, you know, like with each other. Not all together. But it's a sex pod. And they're all sort of ensuring that they're all going to be, you know, safe. That also that you have to really do the honest policy for that, you know, because you can't... Uh, I mean, like six people, what are some of the, and you know, what are the odds of somebody breaking that, that sex pod? I don't know. But the situationship, foundation of the situationship, just like any other relationship is trust because you are trusting. Not only are you trusting that this person's not going to lie and cheat and steal and God knows what else we have to worry about when you're normal dating, but you have to trust the fact that they're not going to go expose themselves or do something stupid. And then do you really know and know somebody, you know? It's a whole other thing. It, 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 it opens up a whole thing, a whole can of worms. I really feel you don't know somebody until you're with them for like a year. After that year mark, that six-month mark, you know, we've talked about it before. You start seeing all these crazy things about people. Now, now you got to have the anxiety, go to sleep at night thinking, have I been infected? Why? Just because you wanted to get a little or have, have somebody to go for a drink with? Ah, I don't know. But... I guess this, you know, the, the, you know we, we, I said it, I think, in the last episode. Uh, we're going on a year now, a year. So I guess you got to do what you got to do. 
you meet somebody, you like them, you meet them on the app, you meet them out, whatever. You do the do once, you do it a second time, and then next thing you know, you're just trusting them that you're only doing it with each other or your sex parts. So my friend's happy. But let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. I heard something horrific. This no, this is this is so horrific. Like, ugh. This 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 to me is like it's not even worth it's not even worth it at this point. It's not even worth it. There's a woman and she met somebody on Tinder. She met a guy on Tinder, and you know, they they had a they were very explicit in saying that they wanted just a sexual relationship during this COVID time. They didn't want to date, they didn't want to, you know, watch movies, they just wanted a sexual relationship. They did the talking, the testing, the whole thing. They met up. They met up in a park, and she brought a remote-controlled vibrator, that's right, to the park, sitting on the bench, used it, and then they drove around later. She had a car. She drove him around while he masturbated. Can you imagine? Can you? First of all, when I was growing up and when you were growing up, your mother or whoever was taking care of you was telling you to watch out for the creepy people in the park, okay? The flashers, the creepy weirdos, all these creeps that could be running around. Now now, now you get the grown woman and the grown man that probably went to Stanford or some shit like that sitting on a park. What? What, was, what did she have, a blanket over her or a jacket over her with a vibrator? I mean, like, can you imagine? This, is, this, is, this, this to me is rock bottom. That, that, that's rock bottom. That, that's, that's when I just put on a chastity belt and just call it a day. That's when I just say, you know what? <clears throat> I'm not, I, 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 I'm not, I'm not. I, I, I have nothing even to say about that. And I'm sure you don't either. Yeah. Yeah. That would never happen. That would never, I would never. Yeah. Let's go to the park. I'll bring my vibrator. I, I don't even have a vibrator. That's how pathetic I am. It's not pathetic, but that shouldn't surprise you because, you know, we talked like a bunch of months ago, whenever it was, and I was talking about these sex clubs in New York, which was just freaking news to me. Anyway. <clears throat> so my favorite product today is a food product. And I, do you like hot sauce? Do you like hot sauce? Okay. This hot sauce, Marie Sharp's hot sauce, Marie Sharp. That's her name, Marie Sharp. It's a hot sauce. You can buy it on Amazon for $20 and you get two. Let me tell you where I got this from. My babysitter. My ba- my daughter's babysitter is from Belize. And she brought this hot sauce to me years ago. Um, and it's from Belize. And it's called Marie Sharps. I didn't know anything about it at the time. I don't really love. I'm not a hot sauce lover lover. But I do like it a little bit here and there. Sometimes like a touch. I like it on eggs, you know. Anyway. So she brought the hot sauce. I thought it was great. But you know, whatever. And then I, I really started liking it. Like I, I had like Frank's Red Hot, but the Frank's Red Hot, like those kind of hot sauces are thin. They're like thin, almost like watery. Marie Sharp has like more of a texture to it. It, it feels like it's a homemade sort of consistency. Then I started looking about Marie Sharp, you know, as years went on, because I was thinking, well, this is really good. And I kept buying it over and over again. And I just ran out, by the way. So that's how this is came into my, my, my mind on product of the week. But so then I start looking at apparently it's like the, one of the best hot sauces in the world, like like worldwide rated. You got to try it. I'm telling you, it's so good. It's carrot based. Is that not funny? Carrot based. I don't know what regular hot sauce is based. I don't know what that is, but this is carrot based. And and like I said, it's this nice texture and it has, um, it's, it's hot, 
but it also has like sort of a fruity-ish taste and a peppery taste. It's so good. It's so good. If you like hot sauce, it, this is totally worth it. And good recommendation. Right from the horse's mouth, right from my babysitter from Belize. She loves it. We go through, we, we really go through this thing a lot. I actually think that's a good gift for people. I mean, Christmas is like way gone already, but now, but that's a cute gift, right? Like a hot sauce stocking stuffer or something. Like if the guy, you know, your man, he loves it. Like that's adorable. I think, and especially something like that, if he doesn't know about like this Belizean hot sauce or whatever, eh, I think it's great. I think it's totally, totally, totally great. Okay. Product of the week. Product of the week is this book that I just bought. I bought it when I was at, um, uh, God, I'm losing my mind. Rizzoli. I did a TikTok. I was in Rizzoli. I love that book. So I bought this book. It's by Rachel Bloom. You know when you bought, you see a book and like the title just looks good and the cover art looks good and you're like, I want that. This was kind of me. But then I started reading it. It's, it looks, it sounds hilarious. The book, Rachel Bloom, and the title of the book is called, I Want to Be Where the Normal People Are. Okay. Automatic hilarious. Let me just read you. I have this right in front of me. <clears throat> it's uh, she's a comic, by the way. She's a writer turned comic. It's, uh, this is, it says, it says, okay, here, quick, quick. Rachel Bloom has fell out of her place her whole life, whether it's in the hollowed hills of Manhattan Beach Middle School or on Twitter, singled out by teachers, dumped by weird boyfriends, and ridiculed by roommates who were just trying to get some sleep. She knew something about her was off. So she decided to figure out exactly what she wanted. So she figured out exactly what makes her different. She wants to be where the normal people are. It's a hilarious exploration of all of Rachel Bloom's formative missteps, mishaps, and misanthropic moments. I freaking love this. I love this girl. It goes on and on. You know, it's like, it just goes on and on. She, she's a misfit. You know, all of her story on Spanx and Disney this and abnormal this and struggling from mental health and being smart and talking about pooping. I know, gross. It's Spoiler alert, gross. I'm not into that either. But it's a laugh out loud, apparently funny essay of a book, and I can't wait to read it. I read like one page of it, and you know, my kids were home, so like that went out the window. I had to put it away. But I'm going to start it tonight, and I'm so excited. It looks adorable. It's a pink book. It's a hardcover book, and it has like a, a periwinkle um, and, and red font like in bubble letters. And uh, I should have bought it on Amazon because it's definitely was cheaper, but I paid like 20 bucks for it. But anyway... Rachel Bloom, I want to be where the normal people are. And I think that right now I just need to chill the F out, escape into a good book, a funny book. This is why I love TikTok so much because everybody on there just makes me die laughing and I just desperate for the feel good stuff. That's what I got for you this week. Quote, 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 quote is Mark Twain. Mark Twain, all you need in this life is a little ignorance and confidence and then success is sure. Isn't that true? They say ignorance is, ignorance is bliss. They say that people that sort of have blinders on and sort of are tuned out, they're just focused. They're just focused, not paying attention. They don't care what other people think. They're the one, and they're confident. Those are the ones that are successful. I believe it. Mark Twain. That's all for the today's episode of the Elise Delucci Show. Every week, I'm so excited to talk to you. I love that I get to do this from my living room and not some boring podcast studio that I got to schlep to and then I'm in a bad mood when I'm there and then I'm sitting on some damp, disgusting chair that some slobby person sat in before me. I love doing this, and I really wish I could get a video situation going. 
know, the thing is, is that a lot of times I'm doing this podcast and I'm in like a side pony. I'm in an off the shoulder shirt. I got tights that are ripped and I'm like taking swigs of seltzer and like having bites of Twizzlers while in between breaths. But you don't really care. I guess that's kind of the charm of it. I got to figure that out. Anyway, thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. I'm so happy that we're here and I'm happy that we're on this 2021 journey together, babies. I will talk to you soon. Take care.